Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome here to Rumor and Innuendo. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman, joined here as I am every Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. It is Robert Karpolis. And uh, could not, there's no place in the world I'd rather be than here, which kind of speaks volumes about me right now. Oh, yeah, buddy. Hey, look, this is the place to be for everybody. Nobody has anywhere they'd rather be. I don't care if you've got big vacation plans. I don't care if relatives are getting engaged or whatever. This is the place to be. This is what's going on right now. Uh, we have huge news to get to here today. There was an explosive interview this morning that Seth Rollins gave to Sports Illustrated. Uh, we also hear, uh, we also had Sami Zayn. We got updates on Zayn. Uh, Kevin Sullivan's release from AEW. Of course, at the end of the show, if we have time, we will get to Billy Corgan and the CW. Um, but before any of that, man, there was some breaking news that happened here just within the last hour. Oh, yes, of course, the chat room is open. Joseph Wade Walters, first one in. Morning, fellas, from Oklahoma. If you want to chime in on anything we're talking about, jump in. People in the podcast, they'll, they'll, they'll hear your, your thoughts. It's wonderful. Um, but no, in the last hour, big breaking news. Uh, Robert, tell, tell everybody what's going on here that just happened. So TNA just announced a partnership for their TNA Plus streaming app with Endeavor Streaming. So Endeavor Streaming is going to be powering the newly relaunched TNA Plus app. There's going to be multiple tiers in which you can subscribe. You get access to the, the weekly TNA shows, which is good for me because I don't get the channel that TNA is on. I'm on Xfinity. We don't have, I think it's Access TV, uh, and there's no way I'm going to figure out how to stream it on you know, I'm guessing they're on tout. Uh, you get yes. the pay-per-view archive and then you get their, their monthly pay-per-views. And if you pay at the higher tier, you get their, their four flagship pay-per-views, their tentpole pay-per-views for this Carney circus. Uh, but the, there's two big stories for this. Number one, it's nice to see TNA reinvesting in this app. They're going through this rebrand. They're getting a little bit of spotlight. There's a little bit of buzz about what they're putting out there. And number two, people are picking up this is through Endeavor Streaming, which, yes, is a subsidiary of Endeavor. Whether this means anything beyond, as a streaming company, they have to find content, and TNA is content for them to partner with, or if there's some underlying rumor and innuendo of some internal, uh, hey, we, we, we're getting our tentacles into all the different kinds of wrestling. My, my first blush take, I don't think there's anything more to this than they want content. TNA has a pretty exhaustive library. Let's partner up and make some money. But who the hell knows? So there, there's also this lawsuit out there right now with MLW where WWE was accused or has been accused of. I'm, 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 you're the lawyer here. I mean, what exactly is in the MLW suit? Can, can you give us like a 30,000 foot view of this thing real quick? As a former employee of both WWE and MLW, I will very politely say no. But hypothetically, the theoretical uh, story that may be going on in this case, I'm trying to figure out how many ways to hedge my bets, was WWE potentially tampering with MLW in a few different matters, namely that MLW was trying to get a streaming rights deal and supposedly WWE was talking to the entity that MLW was talking with and saying, if you sign them, we're not going to go to you and trying to, to step in and block that. MLW trying to claim that WWE has a monopoly. I am proffering no opinion whatsoever on that particular matter. I'm not asking uh, you to pass judgment. I'm just asking I'm just you saying, to tell us. I know what you're on. asking. Okay. I'm just putting it in audio. But I think here, the this would not have been a case of WWE stepping in and tampering if they told Endeavor, 
don't do that. WWE does not have a competing app. WWE Network does not exist in the United States. You only get it through Peacock. So why not? Now that Endeavor's in the wrestling world, they're in the MMA world, they're in a world of fighting, let's go pull another entity in here. Let's make some money. Well, I guess from my, and again, I, I'm not the lawyer here, right? But from my end, if you're TKO and you now own WWE and there's this lawsuit where they're like, hey, WWE prevents people from working with other people or whatever, is it now better for you to have this relationship with TNA so you can say, no, look, dude, we have no problems with other wrestling companies. Like, look at the way things are going right now. I just didn't know if there was anything to that or if I'm just kind of letting my rumor innuendo tinfoil hat run out of control. It's a little more tinfoil hat than most. Endeavor is a pretty large entity with a number of subsidiaries, TKO being one of them. Endeavor, not part of the lawsuit with MLW. So the actions of Endeavor have no bearing on whether or not WWE uh, did or did not do something in the past. Yeah. Um, well, and there's also the issue. I mean, there's also NXT. They're going to share the channel over on CW with WOW. I've heard that Impact is looking to maybe move off of Access TV. And it's an interesting situation there with Impact because or TNA, I guess I was Tom TNA now. It's interesting because Anthem owns TNA and they own Access TV. And so it becomes kind of a snake eating its tail situation where if there's not money coming in from advertising revenue, you're just taking up space with this product and it's it's not as valuable. You could actually, if you owned it, flip it to another network, get those TV rights and get value out of it, as odd as as that sounds. And so um, I don't know, just just seeing TNA out there talking to these parties. I've, I've heard that they've been out there talking to other entities about possibly uh, bringing their content to those platforms. Um, so it's, this is from I didn't this is not unexpected. I'm a little surprised it's with Endeavor, but I had heard that they're talking to a bunch of people right now, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them making some more moves in the not too distant future. The, the controversial take I'll, I'll put on this is, the more good wrestling there is and the easier it is for people to watch it, the better it is for the industry. I know that's a hot take, but <laughs> I would love to be able to watch Impact every week. I have friends that work there. I have friends that are, are on that show, and I keep hearing a lot of positive things about what they're putting on. I know TNA for years was the punching bag, but to see them turn the corner, to see them endure as long as they have and have an opportunity to grow their audience going forward, this is a great story for them. I think the Endeavor piece is going to make some people raise eyebrows, but I, I don't think there's much more to it than that. Yeah. Um, well, before we get to the Rollins Punk thing, I'll also bring this up as we were talking about MLW. Michael Burgett here in the chat um, bringing up how he just saw that Richard Holiday re-upped with MLW. He showed up at their taping, I believe it was like last night. Uh, he says he was surprised because he thought Holiday was going to WWE A or, A or AEW. Uh, AEW with his ties to MJF or WWE because he has that look. Um, are you surprised to see Richard Holiday back in MLW? My guess is he he shook the tree and nothing fell out and you go back to where you're currently plying your craft. So if WWE or AEW had eyes on him and thought this is a he's he built as the most marketable guy. He may have thought maybe I have an opportunity to go one of those two places for whatever reason. MLW was was the perfect landing spot for him to return. They seemingly know how to book him, how to handle him. I worked with Richard early in his MLW career, had, had a great opportunity to be with him sort of since day one of his uh, major league wrestling endeavor. So 
maybe a little surprised because I know he does have a very marketable look, but I have a feeling that they were saying, look, give us a chance to shine you up a little more, put you in the spotlight a little more, and maybe there'll be a bidding war for you in a couple of years. Yeah, I think it's just I think it was just too early for him with AEW and WWE. I, I think uh, going to GCW, I've seen him and Hammerstone taking their taking their skills to GCW where they're getting to work with some very over talent, get more reps out on the road, get some exposure. GCW now goes kind of around the world. Yeah, it's a good spot for him right now with the MLW GCW mix. And there's a couple guys that are floating that line right now. Jimmy Lloyd is in an MLW storyline right now with uh, Ricky Shane Page, I believe. So good for Jimmy. Big fan of his. All right, let's talk about punk. It's been too long. Everybody's coming <laughs> to the room. It's been almost nine minutes. I can see like it was physically hurting you. It was that we've almost went nine minutes without mentioning CM Punk. I got an unbelievable amount of shit yesterday on social media for asking Shawn Michaels about CM Punk yesterday. And I I, you know, it's his it's Triple H's best friend. And if you don't like what what he said about it, I I don't really know what to tell you. Um, I'm not the only one. But anyway, more people asking other people in WWE about CM Punk. I wonder if Jimmy Chain is going to get the same amount of shit that I got yesterday. Uh, Seth Rollins talking to Sports Illustrated, SI Media Podcast with Jimmy. He said he didn't know that he that Punk was going to be coming back until he heard the music. He said he didn't know Punk was coming back until he heard the music hit. Then we saw this yeah, reaction. Uh -huh. Okay, sure. <laughs> That's what he said, okay? We're, we could take this blow by blow. You dis, you you don't believe that? You yeah, he was going to be there, guys. All of a sudden, the music hit, and I was like, what's going on? Oh, no. Yeah, well, that's what he said. He, he said he didn't know until the music hit. And to and I listened to this actual podcast. I've never really listened to, to Jimmy before. I thought Jimmy Trainer did a really good job kind of pressing Rollins here. Um, but he says he didn't know until the music hit that Punk was coming out. What we saw was this was built on raw emotion. It was built on his reaction. Jimmy pressed him on, were you working or shooting? Which he was like, be honest here. Was this like you playing angry or was this you being angry? And Seth was real kind of slippery about that. Didn't really kind of want to get into whether or not as a worker or shoot. But then when Jimmy presses him on like, just tell us like for people that don't know, why do you guys not like each other? Excellent question. And in, I'll boil it down. The full quote is over at houseofwrestling.com. I wrote it up this morning. But he basically roots it down to, I don't like how Punk has talked or treated me. Because like Punk has called Rollins, like I guess, a bootlicker in interviews uh, in recent years. Uh, he doesn't like how Punk has treated his friends or talked about his friends. And at that point, he told fans that they can go, Look into the Colt Cabana stuff, which we'll get to here in just a second. And lastly, kind of says he just doesn't like how Punk has talked about the company, WWE, while he and other people, good people, have been working to get it to where it is at. And now, kind of like AEW, Punk is just walking in to a train that is already going down the tracks. Um, he did concede it will be tough to work with punk, but he thinks that they'll be able to make it happen. And again, this is just my synopsis of this here. Um, I would be lying if I said that the cabana line didn't raise an eyebrow for me. You know, uh, when I was sitting in the all out media scrum, the infamous one with the spin drift, um, I will, 
I will never forget the moment that the words Colt Cabana came off of CM Punk's lips because I knew we have now gone into very real territory. And I don't know if everybody else in the room is aware of that or not. And it was just kind of like a show for me and Tony Khan at that point, because I don't think anybody else really knew maybe even not Tony. Cause I don't know that Tony knows all the digs, but I knew from that moment. And so I just, I think it's, um, it's interesting. I had somebody talk to somebody this morning who swore up and down. They didn't know for sure, but they were like, these guys had to have discussed it and signed off on this. It's certainly something I could see not coming up again or being asked to stay away from because I think that it it's going to shift the spotlight to a, a spot that's it's not going to make this productive. <laughs> I think it's going to make it more about like they're doing a really good job of keeping the attention on the ring right now. What's going on in the ring. And I and I and I wonder with this Bucks camp in the wings in Cabana rumored to be part of it this like faction of people that ran punk out of the company i guess um you know how does a comment or comments like this from seth play into that i don't know it's just i suggest you go listen to it it came across as very candid to me and and i'll leave it at that i think he had to mention a lot of that stuff because they're they're sort of this it's like the reality era without being really the reality era if you're interviewing seth and you want to maintain any semblance of credibility if you're seth rollins you have to talk about the elephant in the room if you're being asked about oj simpson and you're just talking about how great he was a naked gun people are gonna be like all right something's a little off here but what he said still plays into what we saw in the storyline. Do I think that Seth did not know until the music hit? Absolutely not. He's your world champion. You're going to tell him in advance. And he also is smart enough to know this is going to be great business. The the antics that he did after Survivor Series getting captured by by film, uh, by fan camera, plays into we're going to kind of work up the, the smart audience a little bit, but everybody's playing along. Everybody wants to make money. You can't talk about punk without at least acknowledging that for the better part of the last decade he's made a cottage industry out of shitting on the wwe and as the guy who's holding that title you have to defend the brand you're the flag bearer you can't just say we're happy to have you back it's really cool that you you know spoke ill about vince and hunter and me and the entire organization and you wanted to see us go down in flames and now you're coming back in here and cashing a check I'll put bygones, you know, I'll put things on the side. I'll the bygones be bygones. I'll I'll swallow it a little bit and we'll make some money off this, but this isn't going to be sunshine and rainbows from day 1. Man, I know. And and but that's the thing Robert, you're you're basically repeating the vibe of some people that were in AEW the moment Punk walked in the door, which was like just because you're here doesn't mean this is going to be easy for you or a good time. And I and I'm but just, it is going to be easy for him in a good time here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But and again, this is where this whole situation. Look, as a wrestling fan, I, I love it. Right? I love not knowing what's working, what's shooting, what's being said, what's not being said on the line. What's you know, all of that. Um, just but as somebody who's been intimately covering this particular story, people can say whatever they want about me, but I've been 
very focused on this one big story and making sure it's covered as accurately as I can cover it. When I see this kind of stuff happening, I get flashbacks to the early days of when this whole thing started to unravel over an AEW. If I'm just being candid, and it's like I have the exact opposite feeling. I don't know, you know. I have the exact opposite feeling because this is a grown-up company. They know what they're doing. Seth is not going to step out of line and say something to jeopardize anything that's going on in WWE right now. They have everybody really well buttoned up. I think they're leaning into the expected story that you think is going to exist for Punk, him touching on their history. I don't think there is any real jeopardy risk any of that with anybody with CM Punk being back there. They would not br- they would not bring him in if they were worried about really disrupting the harmony in the locker room and as long as Punk continues to perform the way that he's performing as an exemplary employee, there's no reason to think otherwise. The difference was in AEW it was kind of the wild, wild west. You had guys going into business for themselves, saying what they want in media interviews, tweeting or liking tweets about whatever they want because it was their brand over the AEW brand. In WWE, everybody knows they can tug that rug out from under you at any point in time. Everybody's towing the company line. It's a big boy, publicly traded organization. Seth's not going to say anything that is going to jeopardize his position in the WWE. And I hope that's the case. I really do. The cabana line just seemed weird to me because, again, it's just like it seems unnecessary for the direction they're going right now. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a good little breadcrumb. Maybe they're in on it. Maybe I just have CMPTSD because I have seen (laughs) so many situations that were just like quasi innocuous or things that people told me, don't make it a big deal. Oh, no. You know, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, guys, I don't know. This doesn't feel right to me. And hey, I, I'm just, I'm just, again, my informed first reaction was that seems off. I wonder if we see that again or if there's any reaction to this. As your close personal friend Vince Russo would say, you're getting worked, bro. That's what's happening here. They're, they're giving you the red meat that you want. And Seth didn't say anything truly incendiary. It wasn't when I found out Punk was here, I was going to throw the title down and leave. I was going to say to hell with this. I'm done. It's this guy was a dick. We'll work together. Um, uh, Andy Starr asking here in the comment section, what about a triple threat at Mania? Rollins, Punk, and McIntyre. It gives them all a night one WrestleMania main event, and it could and it could give Drew finally winning in front of a massive crowd. I don't hate that, but I, I don't hate it. But again, it's it's Punk. We never know when he's like, I want a main event WrestleMania. He may say, I want a main event in a one-on-one match. Otherwise, (laughs) it doesn't count. I don't know what's going to make him happy. What is going to bring him true joy besides those delicious cupcakes? Larry, a special special guest referee, Larry, right? I think that there's like, you know, we had like Inferno matches. I think a a muffin match where the the ring is surrounded by delicious Mindy's Bakery muffins. Winner Where gets- is our Mindy's Bakery sponsorship, by the way? It's a great question. We've got a lot of great sponsors and ads on, on Rumor and Innuendo, and we're thankful for all of them. But Mindy's, come on. You don't even need to pay us in cash. Just send us a couple muffins. We'll uh, we'll we'll call it even. 
Yes. And if you'll pay us, Mindy can appear on the show. Um, anyway, it's a Ric Flair callback. Wrestling Observer uh, earlier today uh, released their newsletter. Uh, one of the highlights coming out of that, Sami Zayn has apparently asked for time off uh, recently. He was granted it, not told when it's going to begin, but he did say he was not scheduled for the December 28th show in Laval, Quebec. That would normally be built around him. Um, and that was during the scheduled break, although it's possible they could have him do the show. But anyway, it looks like here sometime around the top of the year, Sami Zayn's going to get a little time off. And, you know, him and, and it looks like AJ Styles is coming back tonight on SmackDown. He's being advertised. He just got some time off. I think people just need to get some used to. I think wrestlers are going to get, I think each wrestler will just get a little chunk of time off each year. It's becoming kind of more routine for a guy to just kind of disappear for two, three months to recharge the batteries. It's not unheard of. Uh, it's, it's, something the audience is willing to accept because WWE has so many different attractions. They're not simply leaning on one guy who needs to be there week in and week out. It's not like 05, 06, you needed John Cena every single week. If he wasn't there, people are going to know something was wrong. The Sammy taking time off thing doesn't surprise me because they did set up on Raw, his knee getting taken out in the match and then attacked after by Drew. Maybe that is the, the lever for it. I'm surprised that he's going to miss a show in in Montreal or in in Quebec, Quebec. Uh, since he is such a big star, I'm not I'm not. I worked in hockey too long. I don't need to pander to the uh, to the Quebecers anymore. Uh, I'm friends with PCO. I got my I got my I'm covered. I'm fine. Uh, but stop saying Quebec. Uh, it's like <laughs> saying Chavo, who by the way Chavo will be on our show next Tuesday. Tuesday Quick yeah. plug in the middle of this here. Uh, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if Sammy either shows up at that show, films something for it. Who knows. Uh, but then again, AEW is running a show in Oklahoma, and Jim Ross isn't going to be there, which I thought was against the law. <laughs> Sacrilege. What are we even doing? What are we even doing? Literal tumbleweed. You're not allowed to do – You look, you can't do a show in Oklahoma, number one, without Jim Ross there, and number two, without humiliating him to the point where he questions his existence. That is what we were – that's in the WWE handbook on page six. Had a mess with Jim Ross. And how are you going to do a show in Quebec without Sami Zayn? Am I right? Quebec. You uh, you book uh, you book the Mountie. Okay. I'm sure he's available. Sure. PCO. We should get PCO on. I'd love to chat with PCO. P oh, PCO, come on here. He's awesome. PCO yeah, is wildly entertaining both as a character and as a person. He is one of those people who, as a person, is a gimmick. We are love tight on time, but I have PCO stories. Um, and lastly here, if you're excited... For tonight's tribute to the troops, give me more excited. Two-time 2024 Grammy-nominated duo will perform. Oh wait, I don't have the name of the group on my run sheet here. Anyway, it's some country group. They're gonna sing it, as long as it's not as long as it's not Hardy. God bless me. And that Hardy that. live performance lives rent-free in my brain. I should look this up. All right, where's my where's my the fact that you're looking up who this okay, band is the war and treaty that's the name of the group the war and treaty will be performing on tonight's smackdown tribute to the troops episode if you're interested tune in to see the warren commission live on smackdown <laughs> all right uh, aw man. news let's get to our aw news so uh also from the observer newsletter an update on kevin sullivan uh a backstage release from aw this week he's in production uh, he was let go by Michael Mans Mansbury after being told that the company was moving in a different direction. 2024 was given no further explanation other than the move, which he did not see coming, being a call made by Mansbury. 
Sullivan's release is reported to have blindsided many behind the scenes, particularly those involved in the production side of the company who didn't even know that Mansbury was Sullivan's boss. Wait, was it, is it Mansuri? Mansuri. Why do I, oh, Mike am I reading Mansuri? Mansbury? You're saying no, like, Mansbury in the same way you say Shavo. Um, my all right, look. One second. Roll, the other I, part of that, uh, keep reading one, your Mansbury story. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Your, your Memberberry story. Some have been critical that Tony Khan didn't step in to stop or reverse the decision as Sullivan has been highly praised for his work over the past few years across the board and is seen as the figure responsible for building the company's entire post-production team from scratch. Right now that we're done obliterating me and how badly I am and I butcher words, go ahead, please. Thoughts. Number one, we, we kept hearing reports that Kevin Sullivan was a real taskmaster, so I'm not shocked that he's gone. Uh -huh. uh, no, oh, I, I was oh. waiting for it. No, look. We're done. They, they supposedly said the narrative here is they're going in a different direction, which is the same narrative QT Marshall said when he left that they're supposedly going in a different direction. So number one, I don't know if that means we're going radio only and there's going to be no video, uh, but they they could be just reshaping the way the entire broadcast looks. Mike Mansuri is the the Kevin Dunn of AEW. The only difference is he has a reflection and he's allowed to make decisions about who works underneath him. This concept that Tony Khan is going to step in and save someone, you empower the people that work for you to put the best people possible underneath you. And Tony Khan has a hell of a lot on his plate to start micromanaging every decision that happens in his company. I'm just glad this wasn't put on Brian Danielson's shoulders, that Danielson had to be the one to go fire Kevin Sullivan. It is very possible. Hey, great segue, because it does look like there Brian is. Danielson has been busy behind the scenes as Santana of Power, Proud of Powerful. He wrote that he had he wrote the following on Twitter. He wrote, find me, F-I-N-E-D, not find, but find, like you've been fined. Um, he said, yeah, okay. So there was this report from Fightful. Brian Danielson now on the discipline committee has been for a while. He's the one who hands out fines. Now the fines are apparently tied to if you tweet negatively about the company on social media, I guess that's how you get a fine. Now I went to the guy's X account. I was like, let me see if I can't find something recently he could have been fined for. Now the day before he posted the following, he wrote careful who you choose to give access to you. Not everyone wants to see you win. Not everyone wants to see you happy. And most of the time, if those closest to you, and most of the time, it's those closest to you. Proud your, pr protect, ugh, protect your energy at all costs and keep winning. He then agreed with a pair of X posts about how he should be pushed better in AEW. So, man, uh, talk about blurring the lines there. It felt pretty real to me. And like Santana and Ortiz, you know, I know that it was reported that their back and forth on social media uh, heading into their Rampage match was like uh, a work. I had heard it was not a work and that they were just like firing on each other on social media. Uh, another situation here. Yeah, look, is, uh, look, you know what? Maybe he's one of the AEW devils. Maybe that's the explanation for all this kind of bad behavior going on on social media. And when he's unmasked, the audience will collectively say, who? Right. Because we have not seen Santana or Ortiz on what I would consider main continuity AEW TV in quite some time. I feel like they needed to ramp up the Rampage stuff to get any attention whatsoever. And even with that, 
it was a tree falling in the woods and them disliking to or liking tweets or commenting on how they're being uh, portrayed and being genuinely frustrated about what's going on in the company. The answer is not necessarily to find these guys. It is to figure out what is the corrosive element that is undercutting a lot of what's going on. We're seeing it with Matt and Jeff Hardy on social media, them not hiding their discontent of what's going on. This smacks of Monday Night War era, WCW, people finding avenues to express their their frustration about what's going on. And they really need to right the ship. And finding guys probably isn't going to do it. And maybe not the best use of Brian Danielson's time. No, maybe. Well, hey, maybe he enjoys it. You know, maybe maybe it's a kink for him. Maybe he likes it. You know, part of him, I bet you he I there's a small part of him that I think kind of likes that. Uh, the the but I get where he's frustrated <laughs> because if I know. Look, if I'm an established veteran and I'm the one of the faces of this company and I'm busting my ass and I've broken my orbital bone and my arm and my leg and my skull for this company. And there are other guys out there that are on the payroll that only benefit when this company is doing well. And they're tweeting about negative things for my company, liking negative sentiments about my company. I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be Seth Rollins going on a Sports Illustrated podcast saying, <laughs> I don't want to work with this guy who disliked my company 10 years ago. Well, I don't like this guy that disliked my company an hour ago on social media like a high school child. You know, it is just, you know, again, it's like punk left. Everything is supposed to be fine, right? Punk was the problem here, right? It does not seem like that, right? It, you know, it seems like these there's still internal struggles here. Don't, we don't even have time to get into, like, the Bucks not even being on TV right now. Don Callis is off TV right now, uh, I would Good. believe. You know, I'm not I'm pro Don Callis being off TV. Yay, yay. But, like, it's it's just there's so there's so many shifting plates. The liking of the tweet about how MJF has killed the mood for some people. Um, I definitely think, like, look, we'll see how the storylines plays out. But I do know that there is some anim at least some animus I've heard backstage about how much attention Max, Max seems to get on, on shows, right? How much of his story, his persona his, fills the time, right? There's a lot of attention given to Max and lesser attention given to, to others. You know, there's only... So much attention, I, I guess, it's going around at the moment. Stop giving so much time to Stone Cold Steve Austin. We want more Bob Holly. That's what I'm hearing here, by the way, guys. But Bob Holly and Crash Holly, like, there was stuff going on there, right? You got excited when you saw Bob Holly and Crash Holly. We need more Bob Hollies and Crash Hollies. That's, that's what I'm saying is it's like, you know, if it was just nothing but Stone Cold Steve Austin and nobody else was doing anything – then I think it would be a different situation. But they were doing a really good job at that time when Steve Austin was getting over of keeping everybody interesting so that when Steve Austin worked those people, they were interesting. And I think there's a lot of people that feel uninteresting right now in AEW. Cool. Someone step up. Look at Shane Strickland. <laughs> Shane Strickland went from not being used on TV, clamoring for any 30 seconds of TV time, to now being a viable main event top-tier star in that company. Because he did what Jim Ross always says, which is you maximize your minutes. There are a hell of a lot of guys in AEW, including people complaining on social media, who had those minutes on TV and did not make the most of them. Not that I'm calling it any particular pillars uh, or any any uh, young, uh, young fella bucks. But make the most of your TV time, and if people are excited to see you, they will. Prince Nana 
is an incredibly hot act in AEW. It happens. Tony Storm. Yep. Brandon is an incredibly Carl hot Powell. act. Yep. Oh, yep. There you go. Brandon, we're Brandon. on the same wavelength here, man. There are people who know how to get themselves over whenever they get a chance. There's a lot of guys that are just there thinking they are entitled to these opportunities. Max is not one of those guys. Max is a guy who has made the most of every second he's had on TV. And I'm sorry that he's the guy people want to see. And when he's out there, he was right about his dynamite promo. I wouldn't have to be on TV every week if the other stuff wasn't putting people to sleep. Um, oh, I, I think I think part of the thing with Max, at least I've heard from some, is just that it's the it's the fact that he's making calls, I guess, in situations that people feel like Tony Khan should be taking the lead more, right? Um, and I think there's just I think it's just a, a I think maybe just too much power in Max's hand, not just creatively, but in other spaces as well. I think there's just like a little bit of animus I've heard from some, but you're absolutely right about stepping up. And I do wonder like, again, but in order to step up, you have to feel motivated, right? You have to like feel appreciated. Like there is a room for you to succeed. I mean, some people can break through that, you know, I guess, and, and catch wind at the right time, but there should be more than just like, you know, you go out there, you do it. Cause like you also put yourself at the risk then as a company of people going out there and doing stuff, you know, just for better or worse to try to get on the, on the, on the board to try to get noticed, you know, I don't know. It just, uh, there's a cohesion missing to me, I think in the process there. It's almost not to, not to inspire some rumor and innuendo. Like there's some sort of vacuum at the top in AEW to uh, a, a solo point of truth. Uh, that everybody can go to to have that one direction, whether it be on production or creative or in-ring product or future of the business. I, I'm I'm I don't know. Good yeah. thing they have those EVPs. Yeah. Um. Last thing here, Twisted Metal is coming back season two, according to Variety. There you go. You like you like Twisted Metal on Peacock, you get more of it. And unfortunately, we don't have time for Billy Corgan in the CW. It's the end of the week. I know we usually we went a little long here today. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll we'll have a chance to to talk about it. Uh, my bad. We have Not a big, priority for next week. We have a big week though planned. Obviously, next week, lots of news. We'll be back Monday through Friday, noon Eastern. If you can't catch us on video in video form on ad free shows, podcast heat, rest, House of Wrestling, any of our many platforms at WWE Creative Ish and all those YouTube channels, find the podcast feed. Go find Rumor and Innuendo on your preferred podcast feed. Give it a subscribe. Give it a listen. Uh, give it a five-star rating and a nice comment. Um, should we pull up a comment here to wrap the week, Robert? You think that's a good idea? I would I would love to. I would love to. I really, before you do that, I want to do a quick shout-out to Scumbag Trav, who said, so glad I finally made it live. Welcome. Nice to have you here on a Friday. Sorry we weren't able to get to that Billy story for you. I know that meant a lot to you, Scumbag Trav. Man, you guys are great. We got like a bunch of new reviews this week. Wonderful. All right, here, let me pull one up here. This comes from uh, Bram Toker. We'll just read one because I want to try to space it as many as possible. Uh, Bram Toker says, love the fact that every weekday I get a digestible, fun, 30 to 45 minute show recapping all the rumor and innuendo going around the world of pro wrestling. Part of my listening routine. Love Nick and Robert's on-air chemistry. Chemistry. Keep it up, fellas. Also, oh, it keeps going. I don't see the rest of it. It just says also, comma, nothing well thanks bram suspense maybe wrestle... people will find the second half of it next week <laughs> he writes wrestle roast brought me here hey you know i love a hey. good cliffhanger also blank that's it uh catch me over at house of wrestling h-a-u-s of wrestling.com i'm a nick at nick underscore houseman take us home robert
Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, Wrestle Roast, which is on ad-free shows, uh, which we are on, on Rumor and Innuendo. I don't know if we even plugged ad-free shows at the top of this. You should do it uh, at the top of every show, shouldn't we? We probably should. We love, we, we're so happy to be part of the Conrad Cinematic Universe. Um, next Tuesday, Chavo, it, you know? Next Tuesday, Chavo Guerrero will be here. Next Wednesday, reminder, hashtag RIPod, if you want to see Nick Hausman drink a <laughs> Woo Energy drink live on the air so on behalf of the days are numbered nick hausman i'm robert karpolis best of luck in your future endeavors and happy hanukkah happy hanukkah happy hanukkah